0: Welcome to episode forty-seven of From the Shed End podcast with myself T Dot, and I'm joined by Theo. So, how are you doing, Theo?
1: Yeah, not so bad. I'm still recovering from this whatever it was, COVID or not COVID, but slowly getting back on my feet. Um, yeah. But enjoyed the, the last couple of games, which is which is good.
0: Yeah, good, good. And um, we had some brilliant games. Obviously, you, you sort of missed the the last sort of um, output that we did in terms of Liverpool, which was a brilliant game. Then just before we started, I don't know if you want to give your thoughts on that, because it was obviously a good game. Um, probably the best, I, I said the best performance from Chelsea that we've seen this season, but I don't know if you agree with that.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, we had some very good performances earlier in the season, uh, even in that the game against Juventus. Um, that was a very good performance as well. Leicester away. But the fight that we put in, and you know, given the circumstances, the players that were absent, I thought it was a very good performance. Um, we speak, we spoke a lot about draws this season that felt like defeats, whereas this draw almost felt like a victory. You know, the fact we're two 0 down against Liverpool, who are a very, very good team with, I want to say, a, a very good squad. They had, they had Mane, they had Salah, they didn't have their first choice keeper, but still a very good keeper. And again, um, you know, very quickly on their first goal, uh, which came against the run of play. It was a defensive mistake from Chalaba, you know, the ball's, you know, knee height for him. He just needs to clear that. I don't know why he's going in for a header. Um, but to be fair on Chalaba, he did redeem himself later in the game with a great um, challenge on um, Salah to prevent another goal. Um, but then, yeah, the, I'm sure you, you spoke about them before, the Kovacic and Pulisic goal were absolutely brilliant. And we were yeah. both at the game together. The atmosphere at Stamford Bridge was electric. You yeah. know, when that Pulisic goal went in, there's a lot of videos, you know, surfacing on, on Twitter, Instagram, of the roar from the crowd. But when you were at Stamford Bridge, you really felt it. And yeah. then the second half kind of went at that same manic pace as the first half, but just didn't have the goals, you know, which almost gave us a breather. But at the same time, we as Chelsea fans, you felt we could have won it. But all in all, before kickoff, I said I'd take a draw and we got the the point. So um yeah, I'm happy of the, the performance. I'm really happy of the fight from the players. The Midfield performance, especially from Kovacic and um and uh it was Jorginho, um, and Kante. Who, um, so um, yeah, brilliant performance. Um, really happy,
0: yeah. And obviously, the only, I suppose, the only downside to that was Trevor Chalaber's injury, which um, I think he was a doubt for that game anyway. He wasn't expected to start due to a hamstring, uh, constant in, uh, hamstring injury that he'd had before before kickoff. So, um, that was probably the only downside. But then let's let's move it to the Carabao Cup. Obviously before um, the game, I gave a prediction of 2-0. So I was happy that I got that right for once. Um, but let, let's let's talk about the game. Obviously, it was a couple of changes um, in, in the lineup as well. But again, brilliant performance. Um, unfortunately, I missed the first goal. I, was, I think I mentioned to you. I was trying to get into the stadium and sprinting round to, um, to the East stand. East but give, give your thoughts on, on, on the game.
1: I think obviously when you beat and you're always happy um they're still you know jobs it half done let's it like that so we still have to go to north london and get the victory there or not lose by more than two goals um but i think what really impressed me the most by the the, the victory was um we played a new formation we played four at the back which i don't think we've ever played with under core. we changed the system we brought in some players that I haven't featured in quite a long time mm-hmm. and we actually put in a very very good performance you know players like which we'll talk about in a minute were probably you know the two standout players for me or amongst the two standouts with Hakim Ziyech so I think that's what impressed me the most and all the noise that's happening with Lukaku coming in and out the team um probably Lukaku was the poorest player on the pitch I don't really think contributed much and players like the ones I mentioned almost felt like they were trying to earn the fans forgiveness more than Lukaku but other than that you know I spoke, I've, speak, I've asked a lot of times this season to, you know, go into the break with a comfortable or healthy lead. And that's what we did against Spurs 2-0 at halftime. So I was really pleased with that. And, um, you know, everywhere they go, the Spurs get battered in a way. So <laughs> it's, um, it's kind of like same old for, for Tottenham Hotspur. So, um, yeah, two and I, I was right behind the dugout actually. And so what I love to see is you don't really see it much on TV, but it's Thomas Tuchel is how animated he is. Even when we're losing 2-0, even after we just scored the first goal, he's screaming at his players. He's, you know, giving a bollocking to Alonso for God knows what reason. He's, you know, furious with the fourth official, with his assistant. And then there's Conte next to him, who we know from Chelsea fans, we know this the most. He's probably one of the most animated managers in the league, you know? Mm. And he was so... he looked like... He, he was defeated from the first minute. He didn't know what was happening. He was sulking. His head was in his hands half the game. So I think that was quite interesting to see the comparison between the two managers. And then the post-match, post-match interviews, you know, summed it up perfectly with the body language of both of them. But, um, but yeah, pleased that we beat Spurs. And obviously now um, we need to, you know, cement that victory in the, in the second leg. And then obviously beat them once again in the, in the league end of Jan.
0: Yeah, got a lot of football to play against Spurs. But um, it's it's interesting you pick up around um, Thomas Tuchel, Conte, the difference. Um, One thing I do want to shout out actually is the the TV camera guys because I was sat just above them and the amount of work that they have to do. I didn't realise how much work they have to do that. They've got an extra uh, star on their jacket from me because they, they do a lot. Um, But yeah, just sorry, in terms of Tuchel and um, Conte, he did look very defeated, especially after his press conference, he he admitted that Chelsea are, you know, uh, well, Spurs are miles away from Chelsea in terms of quality, in terms of the way that they play in their football at the moment. And um, it was surprising. He was so honest, you know, I think he, He's got no choice. Um, I suppose at the moment for Conte, the the sort of magnitude of the job, the, the expectations of the job are so, slowly sinking in um, for him, whether he's had conversations with uh, the owners or, or whatever. But it just seemed like going into the game, there wasn't any confidence in that Spurs team at all. Um, you, you look at Son and Kane, you think they might make a couple of chances, but it was just very disjointed. Um, I have to, again, shout out Sanchez, uh, Tantanga and... and uh, Davis, because I think they were the best players, not just for Spurs, but for Chelsea as well. Um, I thought thought at the back, they were awful. I thought, um, you you know, not just for the goals. I think Sanchez sort of almost allows Havertz goal to go in. I think he helps it go into the goal. And obviously Mm -hmm. we've seen the the uh, Ben Davies and uh, Tantanga sort of mix up for the second one. But just overall, you know, there was so much gaps and and opportunities for us to score. Um, uh, Thinking about, you know, Timo Werner had a brilliant chance where he sort of almost Tries to finesse it round and get it into the the, the, the uh, far post. It's unfortunate. There's a beautiful pass, I think, from Hakim Ziyech, I think, in the second half as well, where he just pings the ball over to Vernon. He is unfortunate because he's just got to try and lift it over um, Larisse, or he's got to try and take it round him. So, it, overall, I'm surprised we only came away with two goals. Mm. I think it, we, you know, we should have had maybe three or four of the opportunities. Lukaku, I agree with you. He had. Just thinking off the top of my head, I think he had one clear clear chance a header. It was a almost a yeah. free header and he, he just missed time that the jump or he just, he, he's got to do better. You know, I said in, in the um, the YouTube video that we put, I put out before the game, he has to do better now. He has to start not just sort of scoring goals, but, um, you know, a number of occasions he's drifting against that left side or he's, he's drifting to the wider areas. And, you know, we're picking up the ball in great places. Um, um you know on the pitch but there's just no number nine in the box and throughout the game I kept screaming you know we we need the number nine in the box that's where you should be you should be in the box not sort of looking for the ball on the wing which which is very frustrating um I don't know if you picked up on that as well and I know we've mentioned it on here before that he he does tend to drift out of his position quite a lot do you reckon do you reckon that's a tactical thing from Tuchel or do do you reckon it's just um lack of understanding around the tactics from from Lukaku
1: I think it's more maybe players like Mount Havertz and Lukaku just so used to switching it up. But let's face it, Lukaku is not a player that you want to have on the wing. And a few times he did find himself, you know, by that corner flag, trying to force his way into the penalty box. And it didn't really work for him. Mm. But, um, you know, we saw it with Verno last season when he was playing as a false nine Havertz at times as well. But um, I think you need to have, if you are going to do that, you need to be quite fluid with your movement. And Lukaku at times isn't that type of player. But like you said, I think overall, um, it's it's a victory, but it almost was disappointing because it could have and should have been more. You know, we had so many chances. We, I think, um, like, yeah, you mentioned the, the Werner chance from a beautiful ball from Hakim Ziyech. I think Lukaku had a few, you know, quite weak attempts at t- on, on goal, which Lloris uh, made some comfortable saves. Um, but yeah, um, comfortable kind of victory. And uh, the only kind of chance I can remember from Spurs was the free kick from Harry Kane, which was mm-hmm. a good save from... Kepa is a belaga but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree. Now,
0: we do have to talk about Sao Niguez who um if you've ever listened to this podcast before, you will know that myself and Hader, who joins us um on the podcast as well, we were both adamant he needs to go. We, we said it numerous occasions that he needs to go. He's not good enough. Um you know, he's not putting in the work rate. Fio was a, a, one of those very few Chelsea fans let's let's have it right that was ready to give him the the opportunity, give him the time to adjust and gel into the team. And I've got to hold my hands up. i got it completely wrong. Hopefully he continues on this path now of, of putting in performances like he did against Spurs because not only just for his creative play but just for tracking back winning the ball he was he was everywhere he was everywhere what what was your thoughts on him for you i'll let you oh, have really, the floor yeah. i'll let you have the floor because it's your it's your time
1: no first yeah i kind of i'm really pleased for him because he's proving a lot of people wrong you know since that second half appearance against wolves and so then the brentford game in the cup and then now this spurs game he's been brilliant and i'm going on another podcast this um this afternoon with a fan I remember he never wants to see Sal again in a Chelsea shirt after the Watford game. So it's going to be an interesting conversation with him. I wasn't that bad. um, (laughs) Yeah, I know you aren't as bad, to be fair. I think Ida was a bit worse than you. But but no, I'm really pleased for him because you have to remember he's coming to a new country the last day of the the transfer window. No pre-season with the team. Doesn't know the language. Um, You know, new manager, new system, new league, new city. There's so many factors that, you know, external factors that could have been influencing his performance. And then he started in that Villa game, you know, very soon after um, that he signed with maybe no kind of preparation ahead of the game. So there were a lot of reasons why he could have maybe been underperforming. But, um, you know, the the performance he put in yesterday um, or two days ago against Tottenham makes you realise that this is why we signed this guy on loan. This is why this guy played in two Champions League finals. This is why this guy, you know, captained um, Atletico Madrid when he was so young and his performance um, against uh, on on on, uh, Tuesday night. On well, Wednesday night, sorry, was um, it remind reminded me a bit of like a almost a Cante Fabregas hybrid performance because he had I think the most tackles, I think six tackles in total. He had the joint most interceptions on the pitch. He had um, hundred percent accuracy in long balls, eighty nine percent accuracy in pass in passing. So you know it was just all around midfield domination. You know performance that you want to be seeing and I think the moment that I remember all the Chelsea fans stood up and applauded him was when he put in a brilliant challenge on her human son you know to yeah. deny him so and it just felt like he was hungry as well and I, mm. and Tuko after said yeah this is the performance I won from Salad he's learning so much he's developing now and um the last thing I will say about him is just credit to Quetta because I think Quetta has been brilliant to him um you know just introducing him into the Chelsea team I think um, Aspi or Sal, one of the two said that um, whenever Sal needs um, Aspi, he's there for him, you know, to call him on the phone, to have a conversation with him. So that's, you know, what you want to see from your captain who, you know, spe- who, who has players, you know, in a squad that speak the language from his home country. But yeah, uh, honestly, if he carries on like that, is it 30 million for his, um, that we, we can buy him for? Looking like a bargain. It's looking like a bargain, but he needs, to, he, needs to, he needs to keep it up, obviously. there's still a big part of the season to go, but we're going to need him, you know, because we're going to get more injuries in midfield. So that's the performance. And this is against that was against Tottenham, we have to remember, who are still a good team. So um, I'm really pleased for him. A, a Tottenham team that
0: had almost their best squad out as well. We, we've got to have yeah. that right. I know they had one or two changes in that team, but it's pretty much a very, you know, very good team Spurs squad as well I'm just wondering with the change in for formation in the system that we played did that suit Sao Niguez probably a bit more you know in terms of because I almost felt like we played four-two-two-two, two, two, and I, I'm not sure if we did but um, if that's the case then you know if we did do that then does that suit Sao Niguez a bit more
1: Maybe it was, I think he was playing in a midfield alongside who was it was it Jorginho yeah mm and I'm thinking I think Atletico back in the day they used to always play with a back four if I remember they were quite bog standard of their formation it always used to be a 4-4-2 I remember Yeah. so maybe that suits Sal Noguez I know that he can play centre mid he can play left midfield he can play CDM he can maybe play left wing back but I think that doesn't really that's a nice preferred position mm. so um, but yeah that kind of gives him a lot of freedom in midfield Um like I said, it kind of reminded me a bit of a Fabregas performance and Fabregas could have played a lot of those positions. He was very versatile where he could Mm. play in midfield. So uh, yeah, uh, maybe the formation suited him more. Um, I'm I'm not really a tactical expert when it comes to analyzing systems and formations, but you know,
0: yeah, it was interesting to see the change in him. I think it suited him probably a bit better. Um, having that luxury to manoeuvre a bit better within the formation. Um, It'd be interesting to see if Thomas Tuchel continues with that as well, because obviously we've still got a couple of those injuries, you know, lengthy ones, Ben Chilwell um, being the the obvious one, but um, there's going to be obviously a lot of changes come Saturday. We've got Chesterfield in the FA Cup. Um, I'm expecting a lot of changes to be honest, because obviously we've got some key games coming up. We've got Spurs again, we've got Man City the following weekend. This is a perfect opportunity for us to, to rest some key players, bring in um, Harvey Vale as well. And, and Ben Tinelli, who will hopefully make his debut as well. What, what's your thoughts going into the game? Cause obviously we expect to get through this round easy with, with ease um, home, home fiction is brilliant as well. So, is it going to be as easy as, as putting out some, some of the youngsters and, and cruising the game?
1: You can't, I mean, no disrespect to Sheffield, but we should be winning it. But at the same time, you need to have that quite smart formation of, like we played against Brentford in the, in the mm. league cup, like a mix of youth and uh, maybe a couple players of experience mm. that they can rely on if there's any, anything goes wrong. Yeah. So yeah, all the players you mentioned, Harvey Vale, Bettinelli, um, Simons, I think who played against um, uh, Brentford, um, there was another another lad, I think, Orlia. Oh. Um, you know, play a few of those players, and um, some more more youngsters might make it into the team. Barkley will get, you know, a run out. Um, Sound the again, I think. You know, he, he's he's on a, like a confidence wave at the moment, so play him again, um, and then rest some of the more important players. You know, rest those players that are at risk of getting injury They'll be playing a lot of football. You know, the Rudiger's, uh, the the maybe even. Um, Mason Mount, oh, Mason Mount, so that's another one. Yeah, Jorginho who's you know, yeah. been playing for a back injury. Um, and then you couldn't do one that you play a team of Werner and Lukaku who need the goals for their confidence. You know, this, this type of game that they can easily get a hat trick in or some something similar to that. So like I said, play a mix of experience and um and youth and we'll get a result. And I think it'll be quite a, a high a high scoring result. And if I'm honest, um I can't see us losing this one or you know not qualifying to the next round.
0: Yeah, I have to, I have to agree. I think, um, you know, obviously you'd like to, to be able to rest as many players as possible. I would probably start Lukaku and and probably even Timo Werner, who's coming off the back of sort of the injury and, and, and the, uh, I think he's COVID as well, wasn't it? I think as well. So, hmm. um, you know, give him that, that, that time to just gel back into the team, get back some match fitness as well. I think it makes perfect sense if I'm honest. Um, interesting to see if harvey vell starts i think he deserves it i think he's again i've watched him a lot for um the development squad and he's he's a he's a player that will hopefully you know next season progress into the senior squad a lot more um you know he's someone that has got the quality to be able to do that so you know why not why not bring him into these games and give him that sort of you could see how how much it meant to him to start at uh, to to come on sorry at stanford bridge in the week uh, making his debut in the senior squad at Stamford bridge so why not you know m- maybe start him um you know bring him off after you know 60 70 minutes and and, and do something like that but um yeah you know i agree with you i, I can't see Chess and again this is no disrespect to chesterfield um you know i know they're in relatively good form in their in their uh I think, in the National League. So, um, oh yeah, they're top of the league in, in the National. So they could, they could throw a spanner in the works and, and do, do um, you know, get, get a replay or... or um,
1: I do know, have nightmares of that Bradford game that I think we played um, back about six years ago and they knocked yeah. us out. So we can't get too confident, but it's yeah. one of those games, you know, when you look at the depth we have in our squad and, you know, the players that are coming... Fit, fit again, and the youth players that are performing—that we you know we should be winning. Another youth mm-hmm. player that I'm not sure if he's injured or out with COVID, but Javier um, Embuamba, I think, Dutch centre back. Yeah, yeah, he's been like for a
0: while. Him. He's only just come back yeah, into. I think he's come back, team.
1: but he was on the bench for a recent game. So I think you know, type of player as well that could play a part um, into tomorrow, in, um, tomorrow's game as well. Yeah, because there's been a lot of
0: expectation when he signed for the club. There was a lot of expectation. Obviously, a lot of people like to dub. You know, if they come from a certain um, you know national country or their certain nationalities, like to dub them as someone who. So it was always this sort of you know he's a, he's almost like a Van Dyke esque player and mm. things like that. But um, you know, I, I'll be honest, I haven't seen much football yeah. since he's been at Chelsea, obviously due to his injury. So um, again, it would be interesting to see if he's even on the bench or if he starts. I agree with you, Rudiger, Christensen. Um, obviously, who's out anyway? I think um, Aspi maybe maybe rest him. Not sure but
1: we can't really afford to rest too many fullbacks given the injuries that we have. So if we do rest fullbacks,
0: Doi, can yeah. start there, you know,
1: you could start in back, a back in a back five, in a back three, um in a right wing back, but I think mm. we might because we have so little options in um in defense at the moment and we want to rest a lot of players, we mm. could play a back four again. I think that's the most yeah. likely thing to do, which would maybe mean I think um uh, was it simons i think he's a yes. right back if i'm mm-hmm. not mistaken yeah. And yeah so he might start more game time for alonso if we can't find a left back um to play and i think maybe you know malung and embriamba or malung and rudiger again i'm not sure but we need to maybe have that experienced player and defender who can uh, orchestrate, orchestrate things from the back
0: yeah i agree 100 percent, 100 let's let's move on we've mentioned a few of them already but let's move on because obviously i read this morning that um negotiations are ongoing with um, Antonio Rudigo who seems to have cooled down his interest or vice versa with Real Madrid who by the looks of it don't look like they're going to try and sign him. Does that open the door for us to, to sign him uh, or extend his contract I should say? Um, personally I'll give you my opinion and I think I've kind of warmed to the situation now. Not for the price not for the 400,000 he wants. If there's a negotiation that we can you know, come to some amicable amicable agreement in terms of wages. I think we've got to sign him. I think we've got to give him that contract because he's at the moment. Bar Thiago Silva, who's in his own different category, he's our best centre back at the moment. And I don't know if you agree that we should potentially look at risking losing Christensen, keeping Rudiger. Obviously, we've got Thiago Silva now as well for another year. So, what's your thoughts on the centre back situation? Who, who would you more likely like to see? sign a deal first uh, Christensen and Rudiger.
1: I'd like to see both of them sign deals. Um, this same, my same kind of opinion I had in the summer, I wanted them to sign deals before Christmas and now it's January, they're flooding with other clubs. Pleased to see that Real Madrid have, you know, no longer interested, but, you know, it's a fo- football is football for, you know, they'll be interested again in March, April time. You never know what's going to happen and football is football just like how, you know, Rudiger could sign a deal, a new deal, you know, on the last day of May or something like that but um yeah i think it's whether you kind of prioritize the player who's a bit younger who's got four or five you know years more in in him in christensen or a player that literally is playing so well at the moment with the best center backs in the world in antonio rudiger and i do think if i have to ask myself that question it would be which player would i want to take into a champions league final maybe you know and i would probably Probably be antonio yeah it would probably be antonio rudiger so, um, yeah, but 400,000 pounds for me is still too much, but if we can get that lowered to 300,000, which I think is what he initially wanted before other clubs started offering him 400,000 or talking, you know, talks about 400,000, then I'd be happy to keep him. Um, it's a decision the club has to make. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of conversations happening behind the scenes that we don't know about, but if we can keep, um, Rudiger, it'd be a, you know, a brilliant piece of business and it'd feel like a new signing
0: yeah definitely 100% and you can see as much as you know as much as we want him to stay you know he 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 loves the reception he gets from the fans—you can tell that when you go to the games or you watch watch the games. Um, you know he loves to sort of get the the fans going as well. So there's a there's a love love relationship, obviously from his side and from the Chelsea fan side as well. So it will be for me a massive loss if we did lose him. Um, what one aspect I wanted to talk about as well was obviously Kieran Trippier signed for Newcastle. I think for around twelve million, two and a half year deal. Did we did we lose out on that? Because I think that would have been a, in my opinion. I'm not saying he's the answer. I'm not saying he's solving problems for us, but he can play right and left. And I think, you know, we, we, Emerson looks like he's staying where he is. He doesn't like we can recall him. Ian Matson this has gone all quiet over there as well. So mm-hmm. have we missed a, a trick, maybe not signing Kieran Trippier?
1: I mean, he's, yeah, he's, I think he's 31 years old. It would have been a short-term solution for sure. Um, like you say, he can play left back, right back, and he's he's been played in you know wing back formations mm-hmm. before, for England and Atletico at times. I think so. He's a good player, but maybe the fact that we let Newcastle sign in for what is quite cheap money in twelve million probably means that we're we've got another solution or another you know we've got another plan, which would probably be a lucadini Digne. I think his desk has been linked from Barcelona, and I still think our you know our main kind of. We're relying, I think. You mentioned it's not might not happen, but I think Emerson is the main priority for us. Mm. We can try to agree something with him and Lyon to get, bring him back. And that would make the most sense. A player that knows the club, knows the Premier League, knows the teammates. I just feel like that would make the most solution. And you think we'd be in a position of power. You know, he's mm. got, you know, one big contract with us, probably a smaller contract with Lyon. And there must be something in that contract that says we can bring him back, even if it means paying him out of that contract, which... It's probably cheaper than whatever we would have to pay to bring Demian Trippier in, Sergio Dest. So I think that makes the most sense for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I love Dest. I I think he's he's someone I'd love to see at Chelsea. But I agree with you. If we're talking from a business perspective, which is what Chelsea love to do, they love to to get the best value for money or the best, you know, get the best business done. Um, You know, recalling Emerson, I suppose is probably the best option it's probably the best option and and i agree with you i don't know what the hold up is i don't know like you said i don't know if it's a a clause in in the loan deal that's preventing it to be as smooth as it should be um but i think i think it's there's um there's got to be something in there that we you know surely as he's our player there's got to be something in there that top trumps any sort Mm, of loan deal exactly Um, you know negotiations that took place when the deal was done in the first place so it's gonna for me it, it can I'm warming to the idea of him coming back um obviously we're not expecting him to play first fiddle you know I think Alonso's capable of doing that but I think we do need that cover um you know we've seen previously you know we've lost key parts of the team and then we've not had the cover to, to fulfill it so I think for me Emerson coming back is an option I still think Luka Dean's going to be the one. I, I really do. I think we'll, we'll get him. I think, <coughs> I think we'll end up getting him because he's ruled out, I think, Newcastle. He's only looking at two clubs. He's going to announce which one he's going to sign for this week. I, I can see it being us. I really can, yeah. I think. The, the, and if
1: they've just signed another um, Rangers fullback, right, I, right, think, I think, Everton. Right,
0: yeah, yeah. And they right signed back, the previous yeah. one, didn't they? Ukrainian from, one, yeah. Ukrainian. So it tells you that he's definitely not in the plans. We know that. I would have expected him potentially to go to Newcastle just because of the money side of things and, and where they are currently at the moment, the project that they're trying to to do and build at the moment. But if he comes, he comes, you know, I think we've got to give him the opportunity, the chance to, to, uh, to gel. He does know the Premier League is, he's is relatively a, a good, um, you know, left back and he can play in that formation as a left wing back as well. So he's not, it's not the all and end, but yeah, I think for me, Kieran Trippier. If it's short-term solution, which is what I said a few weeks ago, let's let's look at a short-term solution. Kieran Trippier made a lot more sense. He's good on you know free kicks as well. He's a good set piece taker. Um, yeah, I just feel like we missed a trick. Twelve million in today's world is not a lot of money.
1: Yeah, uh, having score a free kick against Spurs as well would have been nice. Um, yeah,
0: exa- exactly. So you know, it would have been our club. Would would have been mm. a win-win. Just as we move on and we wrap up, um, again, I was reading this morning, Cesar's be is definitely flirting with Barcelona, I think at the moment, a couple of Spanish clubs, but I think Barcelona is the, the main one. Um, obviously, he wants a two-year deal as he's over 30. Chelsea, very, it's very unlikely Chelsea would offer a, a 30-plus-year-old player a two-year contract. It's normally the one-year with the year extension as option. For me, he's a club legend and I, I don't use that word, you know, for many Chelsea players, but he is a club legend. And should there not be an exception for for Cesar, just as he's the club legend, he's, he's someone who's pretty much won everything, I think, at the club. He's captained the club to Champions League glory recently as well. Should there not be an exception, two-year deal, let's keep him here for another two years and then after that we can we can let him go or he can move on if needs be?
1: Yeah, you'd, you'd hope so and you'd think so. Um, his last two performances against Liverpool and Tottenham were very, very good as well. You know, we said a lot that he, at times that he didn't have the legs but he played in a right wing-back position um, I think for the first half or a, a majority of the game against Liverpool and um, he played really well. He played very, very well. He was creating space, finding players. Um, same again. He played in his... Um, or his preferred position of right back, you know, back to the Lampard and pre-Tuchel era um, against Tottenham. And again, he played a very good game of football. He is the captain. He is, you know, that big, big figure and big personality you want to have in the dressing room. You know, and um, I'm just waiting as well for a moment where Tuchel gets COVID, which is, you know, going to happen soon, I think. You know, you look at Pep, you look at Klopp, you look at Arteta, they've all got it. So I think Tuchel is going to get COVID too, and then that's when you want your captain in the dressing room at half time before the game, you know, to rally up the players and that's when you want your Cesar at And I do think it's like you said, I don't really think of it, but he is a club legend and you have to make, almost make an exception for that. A bit like when you gave Lampard that one deal after, you know, he scored that record breaking goal, mm-hmm. at Villa, you felt like they made almost a little exception there. You know, it was only a one year deal. But um but yeah, they've got to make some kind of exception. Hopefully um we can agree something. And even I think Aspilaquetta would it would want to be, stay even if it's a year you'd think that would be as kind of like as plan B but we'll see
0: yeah yeah I, and fingers crossed it happens because I think you know in the past we've seen we've made that mistake of allowing players to, to move on and you know we, we we've We've sat, You know, we've suffered for it. We've, we've suffered for it. So I think he's someone who, again, we don't expect him to be playing. You know, we've got Reese James there. We've mentioned some of the youth players that can come in and fill that role in as well. So for me personally, it's something that I hope happens. But if it doesn't, then it does leave a massive gap in that position. So that's going to be, an, that, that for me is the key one now. We've got Thiago Silva over the line. I think Aspia Kut has got to be the next one that we've yeah. got to look at, you know, getting that deal done um, and, and, and keeping the captain here, keeping Dave here.
1: Yeah, because sure. I think if the the Christensen and Rudiger ones realistically if they if they do sign new deals at Chelsea it will be I think now March, April, May time yeah. rather than anytime soon whereas Azpilicueta I think even was talking about his situation at Chelsea saying that he's committed you know how much he loves the club and I think if he does sign a new deal that could easily be you know in the next couple of months so all eyes on that one now
0: yeah definitely definitely but as mentioned you know we've got a big game I'll say a big game. It's, it's a game <laughs> that we. It's a game that we should be winning. I'm not going to. A big it. score line. A big a score big, line. A big score line. Let's let's have that one instead. Um, but Chesterfield have only lost once in the league this season. Um, I think they've only conceded 16 goals. So I am expecting a lot of goals from us. Um, but I think it'll be a, lot, a bit more difficult than we probably anticipate. If I'm honest, I think I'm going to go quickly do predictions before we wrap up. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to go for two nil again. Uh, 2 0 nil's been working for me last couple of games. So I'm going to
1: go 2-0. I'll go with 4-1 Chelsea. Yeah.
0: You, you, in fact, you expect, I'm going to go 2-1. I'm going to change it. <laughs> you, ex, you, you expect a goal. You do expect a goal. Benton in goal. Changes in the back. You expect a goal from Chesterfield. So you're 2-1. And so you're going for 4-1. 4 Yeah. 4-1. Okay. Right. You heard it here first. So episode 47 don't forget to subscribe to the youtube channel please everyone who has subscribed we appreciate it we you know we we like to interact with as much people not just on youtube but on twitter as well and instagram so again make sure you follow us the link will be in the description and again follow the accounts, interact with us, let us know your thoughts and also subscribe on Apple and Spotify if you're listening and watching on YouTube. Make sure you search for us on there as well so you can listen back to all the previous episodes that we've done. But this has been episode 47. Theo, as always, thank you for joining me and we will be back next week with another episode. Thanks for listening.